If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit, money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money Money Pit is brought to you by Dynatrap, Home Depot, Perk, Home Advisor, and Greenworks. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. What are you doing on this fine spring day? We hope it's maybe doing a project around your house and enjoying yourself. And if you're not, well, maybe we can help. Give us a call right now. We'd love to solve whatever DIY dilemma you're faced or if it's a situation where maybe you're stuck in the middle of a project or you're not going to do it yourself. You need to get some advice on what to do first, what to do second. Am I paying too much? Am I not paying enough? What kind of paint should I use? You know, what kind of material should I buy? Should I use these cabinets? Should I build a deck? Should I build a patio? I mean, there are a million questions out there that kind of bounce around. It's a lot of projects, Tom. It's a lot of projects, but it's the busy time of year. I mean, it's it's Goldilocks season. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. It's perfect for anything going on in your money pit. We're here to help you get the job done, but help yourself first. Call us right now at 888-MONEYPIT. Hey, coming up this hour, water quality is on a lot of folks' mind right now, especially with communities like Flint, Michigan, having all of these terrible issues. So it's important that you know what's in your drinking water. But how do you do that? We're going to teach you in just a head. And if you love to cook and you love the outdoors, you might also love to have an outdoor kitchen. We're going to have tips to help you take on that project, including information on cabinets that are completely waterproof just ahead. Plus, if you are dreading dragging out your gas-powered lawnmower for another season, of back-breaking pull-cord starts. Fear not, because this hour we are giving away an amazing product to one very fortunate home improver. It's the Greenworks Pro 60-volt walk-behind mower worth 402 bucks. You know, I've actually got this mower, Leslie. It's fantastic. Yeah, do you really like it? I do. Is it super lightweight? Because that's always the problem I find. Like, mowers are so heavy. I have a hard time starting them. It's, you know, I end up just hiring somebody. (laughs) No, it's really lightweight, and it's amazingly powerful. It's got a push-button start, so it's completely hassle-free. It's available at Lowe's and Lowe's.com, but we've got one going out to a lucky listener who calls in their home improvement question. So make that you. Get on the phone. Call us right now at 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-39. Seven four. Renee, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? My question is concerning my sump pump. Obviously, a sump pump in the basement. And for a long time, for several months, I had not heard the sump pump going off. A few weeks, a few months ago, when it was raining very hard, I went down to the basement to see why the sump pump wasn't kicking on, and it was the the well was filled with water. So I went ahead and I, you know, drained the water out by, you know, bucketing, taking buckets of this, pouring buckets of water out. And so I got down to see where the ball, um, the ball was, and uh, it still wouldn't come on. So I, I, I tapped the ball, and eventually when the water rose, it did kick on again. 
But then, now I'm hearing this gurgling sound in my kitchen sink piping, and I want to know why. Where Where is the sump pump discharging? Is it dis- discharging into this basement sink? The sump pump discharges, it's connected to the outside sewer line, and that's, I guess that sewer, uh, the line um, is connected to the, to the basement uh, the kitchen sink. Okay, so f- so first of all, it has to go through a trap. If it doesn't go through a trap, you may get sewage gas that comes back into the basement. So that's the first thing. Um, secondly, the gurgling might just because it doesn't have enough uh, water in the sump itself. You're probably pulling a lot of air in there. And thirdly, because your sump pump was filling up when you had heavy rain, the source of that water is easily within your ability to repair and stop. Generally, when your sump pump fills up after heavy rain, it's because your gutters are clogged or overflowing, or your downspouts are not discharging away from the foundation, or the soil around the house is not slipping away from the outside walls. That's what causes problems with uh, water filling up in basements and, fl- and floods in, in a sort, because that outside surface drainage is just not set up right. So I would focus on re- improving your exterior drainage. There's a great article on moneypit.com about how to solve wet basements. A lot of that advice applies to this. Uh, and then you'll find that the sump pump will have to run that much less. Okay. That's great news. Renee, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Wilson in North Carolina is on the line dealing with a funky smell coming out of the sink. What's going on? Yes, I have a water smelling problem. I got wet water, and we got a lot of strong smelling. It's like rotting egg, especially in the hot water. We changed the water heater. Still, it smells. Uh, do I need to change the, also the plumbing, all the pipe in the house? Or just flush it. If I need flush, what kind of cleaners do I need to use? So you've replaced your water heater, and you're still having this smell of sulfur. So that eliminates one possibility, which is the anode rod. Sometimes if the anode rod becomes worn out inside the water heater, you will get a sulfur smell. I think the next best thing for you to do, Wilson, is to add a charcoal filter to the system. But I don't want you to add it at the faucet. I want you to add it where the main water valve comes into the house. This is a good opportunity for a whole house water filter. And if your water has not been tested, I would also have it tested at the same time just to make sure that there are not any additional contaminants in that water aside from that sulfur odor. Wilson, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in with your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right here at 888 Money Pit. And 888 Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor, where it's easy to find top-rated home improvement pros for any project. Go to HomeAdvisor.com. Just ahead, water quality is top of mind right now. And if you're wondering what's really in your drinking water, we've got tips to help you find out after this. The Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor. Find trusted home improvement pros for any project at HomeAdvisor.com. You live in a Money Pit. The Money Pit is presented by Pavestone. Building a fire pit, patio, planter, walkway, or even a grill surround is quick and easy with Rumblestone from Pavestone. Look for Rumblestone at the Home Depot and visit pavestone.com for project ideas and how-to instructions. 
Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. We'd love to talk with you at 888 Pit, presented by Home Advisor. Give us a call and you'll get the answer to your home improvement question. Plus, this hour, we're giving away a great product. It's the Greenworks 60-volt mower. This is a mower with a push-button start, so that means there are no cords to pull. It's got a very powerful brushless motor, and that's going to cut through the toughest grass. It's also cool because it can store vertically. That's going to save you a lot of space in your garage. And it's actually part of a full suite of Greenworks Pro 60-volt lithium-powered outdoor tools, including the walk-behind mower, the string trimmer, the hedge trimmer, the chainsaw, and a handheld leaf blower. Leslie, of all of these uh, tools, I think the chainsaw is what totally blows me away. I have used this thing and cut down like a pretty big tree with it, like a 12-inch tree, and it's battery-powered. I mean, it's amazing what you're getting out of battery-powered appliances these days. I mean, they really have the power to take on major outdoor projects. Now, all these tools include a battery and a charger. They're available exclusively at Lowe's and Lowe's.com. This mower is worth 402 bucks, going out to one lucky caller drawn at random. The number again is 888 888- Money Pit. Janet in South Carolina is working on a kitchen makeover. How can we help you? I have a kitchen. It's not a very large kitchen, but the walls have been painted numerous times and not not the best paint jobs. So I've decided to possibly add some type of wood uh, to kind of give it a rustic feel because I really like that uh, on the entire you know walls of the kitchen. And I was wondering, could you suggest to me uh, something I could use? Um, I've had people suggest beadboard, the wainscot type board. Uh, could you suggest to me something to use on my walls to give it that rustic look? Let's talk about your style of rustic, because there's so many different ways to interpret that. And beadboard's, you know, a great way to do a really classic, more country look, especially if you paint it like a white gloss. That just tends to be really clean. But if you're looking for more something, you know, something more natural or like an ag piece of wood, there's ways to do that, too. That's it. I want to go with a light, natural-looking wood not too light because my cabinets are the lighter color of wood. Well, what you can do is you can actually get, and this would have a nice finish to it, you can look at flooring, wood plank flooring, and you can get one that has sort of a white rustic beachy wash to it, and you can even go with a vinyl flooring because that's going to be super easy to install, and you can install the planks directly to your wall, and you can do that with an adhesive, you can do that with a double-sided tape. There's so many different ways you can attach it to the wall depending on the weight of the product itself. And that, you know, if you put that on with the planks running vertically or horizontally, that can give a different kind of rustic look in comparison to the beadboard. Now, it seems to me like you want to go floor to ceiling with this. Is this correct? That's right. I do. Now, I do have cabinets that do not go all the way up to the ceiling. Well, I think that's okay, you know, because you're generally dealing with maybe a foot to 18 inches of space up there. And that's really not terrible. I mean, you can keep that as a painted surface and just, you know, decorate up there with some very clean baskets or something just to give you a little bit of extra storage plus to mask that space a little bit. But I think the beadboard is an excellent idea. And that's a very easy do-it-yourself project. Using a wood flooring product, whether it's vinyl or actual wood. There's a company, Tom, is it 
Timber Chic. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's I right. I think is the name. And they do actual pieces of reclaimed lumber, almost like a veneer, and that you can attach to the walls. But I've done it with that VCR, that vinyl tile that looks like a wood plank. I've done that for an HGTV show in a variety of different finishes, horizontally on the wall, and that gives a great rustic look. So it depends on what your interpretation of rustic is. Okay. Okay. Uh, would you suggest now, would you suggest to put it over the cabinets also, or, or you, you stated to possibly leave it just painted, or could I cover that also? I mean, you can, if you feel confident, you know, if you're using a wood flooring planking product, you're probably going to get, you know, two or three pieces in there without having to do any cuts. If you're doing a beadboard, that's something you're going to have to cut down to that exact height and put up there. It depends on how much of it you see from the floor and what you feel comfortable with. I think if you're going to do it, do it full out. But if you're not confident in your abilities or it's too high or you don't really see it, then I think there's other ways to mask it with some like decorative accessories. Okay, I understand. Okay, great. Well, thank you for your ideas. You're welcome, Janet. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, water quality is top of mind right now, especially as communities like Flint, Michigan, learn about what's really in their drinking water. If you're concerned about what may be or might not be in your water, it's smart to be proactive so that you can identify and treat potential water quality issues right in your home. Now, the first step is to diagnose those potential issues, and you can do that with a free water test kit. You can pick one up by calling 800-HOME-DEPOT or visit homedepot.com slash services, and there you can schedule an appointment with a water treatment pro, and they'll do a free water test. It's really a quick and effective way to know for sure exactly what problems you may or perhaps may not have, and if it's a problem, you'll know exactly what you need to do to solve it. Yeah, and once you know that, you can purchase and install the right solution for whatever issues you've discovered. Even if your water is relatively clean, there are certain products specific to drinking water that might still be worth working into your daily routine. And the Home Depot has a full range of those water quality solutions from pitchers and faucet mounts to whole home systems installed by professionals. You can learn more at homedepot.com. Stephen Michigan's on the line with a water heater question. What can we do for you? My hot water tank has no good water pressure behind it. Where are you spotting this? Is it at a particular faucet or fixture, or is it multiple bathrooms throughout the house? Everywhere. My shower, my sinks, uh, my washing machine, anywhere where I have, like, hot If I just have, like, hot water going in my washing machine, it takes forever to fill up. If, like, when I go to take a shower... If I just have the cold, I mean, just straight cold water going, I have nice pressure behind it. And let me ask you a question. How old, how old is your house? Built in 70s. Okay, I think you've got a problem with a valve somewhere on that hot water line that's restricting the flow. Because the water pressure is going to be the same for hot and cold when it comes into the house. So the fact that it's going through the water heater and then slowing down means that something is clogging it. or Something is, is basically uh, slowing down that flow. So I think that the problem would most likely be at the water heater itself, either the water flow into it or the water flow out of it. And it could be that one of those valves is stuck closed or partially stuck. I would close the valves all the way and then open them back up and see if that makes a difference. I would also follow the line back to make sure that every single valve is fully open on that hot water side. And I suspect that you're going to find something that's partially closed, and that's what's causing this. Steve, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. All right, now we're going to talk with Teresa in South Carolina, who's dealing with a wet basement. Teresa, what's going on at your money pit? Well, we we just recently bought this house, and we've been here a little over a year. And we were told that the basement floods, but we weren't really aware of how bad it did did flood. So um, every time we get a heavy rain, it it fills up uh, a front 
landscaping area and it and it flows in through the bricks, I guess. I'm not sure how it comes in, but it comes into the basement. Uh, we've talked to several companies and they want to do things inside, but I don't understand why they don't want to do something on the outside. Well, you are absolutely correct because the solution to this problem is not inside. So what happens in situations like this is typically a homeowner will contact a so-called basement waterproofing company. I think that those uh, titles are inaccurate because these contractors don't really waterproof anything. What they really do is just put in a water evacuation system that allows the water to saturate the foundation perimeter, soak through the walls, and fill up your basement. And then before it shows itself kind of above the floor, they pump it out. But you have to know that that allows a lot of damage to happen even before that water collects uh, to the level where they can pump it. You have increased pressure against the foundation. You have mold growth all sorts of things. So you are absolutely correct in that you need to stop this on the outside. And the good news is is it's really not that hard nor that expensive to do. So there's two areas you need to focus on. One is grading and the other is roof drainage. So we'll start with the biggest culprit and that's roof drainage. You need to look at all of the gutters that are on your house. You need to make sure that First of all, you have gutters. Secondly, that you have an adequate number of downspouts on those gutters. And you want to kind of stand back sort of from the street level, look up at your roof, try to do a little sort of rough back-of-the-hand math because you want 600 to 800 square feet of roof surface uh, draining into each downspout. So if you have one downspout and you have a bunch of roof surfaces going into it, it might be that that gets overwhelmed and therefore the gutter will overflow even if it's not clogged. Of course, to that point, they have to be clogged free. And most importantly of anything else is this, you must, must, must extend the the discharge from that leader at least four to six feet from the house, because we need to move this away from what's called the backfill zone. That's the area of soil that's dug out when you build the foundation. You need to get the water beyond that four to six foot perimeter. Now, you can do this simply by by putting an, an additional piece of leader material on there. And of course, it's not very attractive. It's somewhat unsightly. But I would at least do that for starters so that you can prove to yourself that this works. And then later on, if you want to try to make it neater, you could always sink some underground solid PVC pipe and drain through that and and perhaps discharge it into the street or some other lower area uh, on your property. Now, once that's set, then you could look at uh, the grading at that foundation perimeter starting in the area where you see water collecting. And you want to make sure that the soil slopes away about six inches over four feet. And that soil has to be well-tamped fill dirt, not top soil. Topsoil is very organic. Sometimes when folks have drainage issues, they put more topsoil on it. That's kind of like throwing sponges around your house. You want to create that slope with clean fill dirt. It's more of a kind of clay-like, compactable type soil that can be sloped to to drop that six inches over about four feet. Over that, you can put a little topsoil to sustain uh, growth or plantings or whatever, but you need to get that slope established first. So this way you have direct rainfall, hits that grade, runs off, and all the water that collects on the roof hits those downspouts and gets discharged well away from the house. Those two things will stop this wet basement. And I know that for certain because when you said that your basement floods after heavy rain, all of that always sources on the outside. It's not a rising water table. And that's the only time you'd ever need to put in below grade drains, such as what these uh, waterproofing companies are suggesting. Okay, great. I really appreciate your help. Well, you're welcome. And I'm so glad we could get to you before you spent the money on the waterproofers, because I can't tell you how many times we get the same call after someone has spent ten dollars or $20,000 on a waterproofer, only to find out that they still have the same problem. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks so much for calling the Money Pit. 
Hey, if you love to cook and you love the outdoors, you might also love to have an outdoor kitchen. We're going to have tips to help you take on that project after this. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, outdoor living is more popular than ever right now, but it's not limited to lawn chairs and fire pits and patio sets. Complete outdoor kitchens are trending as one of this year's hot projects, in part due to the increasing availability of truly weather-resistant appliances and cabinetry. Well, Mike Morass is a designer that saw this coming. In fact, he invented the first all-resin outdoor cabinet system in the world and is now a design consultant for Trex. He's helping launch their new outdoor kitchen collection. Welcome, Mike. Uh, thank you, Leslie. I really appreciate you having me on your show. So, Mike, tell me how you got going with this. I mean, I was reading your profile on LinkedIn, and I was astounded to see that you had invented the first all-risen outdoor kitchen cabinet system. And it sounds like you came from a from a long history of working in the cabinet industry. What prompted you to start thinking about moving those cabinets from the kitchen to the outdoors? Well, Tom, I started designing and building outdoor cabinets about 20 years ago, actually over 20 years ago. And I just loved wood, and I used teak and cypress doors outside because mm-hmm. that, that's really the best wood for, right. for outdoor. But, but you still have a lot of issues with real wood. You have warping, cracking, and fading. And, you know, the biggest problem we had was was the people that I installed these kitchens for, they, they wouldn't maintain them. You, you've right. got an oil teak and you've got a varnish cypress. You have to or it'll fall apart. Exactly. And so the thing is with, with the resin products, though, you know, if you have somebody that wants an outdoor kitchen and, you know, they're trying to decide between teak and, let's face it, a type of plastic, you know, they're going to think that the resin looks sort of cheap. But the thing is that those products have changed now. The technology is there where it actually is very, very attractive. Exactly. I mean, about 10 years ago, I was into doing these outdoor wood kitchens, and I loved it. I loved the look of wood, and and all my customers did, too. Of course, they didn't like it when they started falling apart. But then all of a sudden, I saw this kitchen. It was installed next door to one of the kitchens I put in, and it was polymer. It's it's a plastic outdoor cabinet. I I looked up, and what is this? And and I looked at it and, and asked the builder, and he said, oh, yeah, this is the new new thing for outdoor cabinets. It's plastic. It'll last forever. There's no maintenance. I, I love the concept of it, but I didn't like the look. I mean, it looked like plastic. Right. So I refused to give up on the wood. I just started looking for an alternative, and I found high-density resin. And so when you first found this material, was it in such a form that you could actually craft it into cabinetry like you could the wood? I mean, could you saw it? Could you sand it? Could you route it? Actually, Tom, when, when I saw the product, it was being sold for outdoor elements, for like brackets on the outside of the, the buildings. Actually, Disney World had been using resin for over 30 years, 
So it's not a new product. It's a product that simulates wood and stone, and it's a molded product. So I thought, maybe we can make an outdoor cabinet out of this. So I, I went to the manufacturer who did these elements, and I said, is it possible to make a door out of this? This, this wood grain is just beautiful. I couldn't tell it at all the difference between real cypress and this red. Right. Is it a pressed process? It's sort of made from a sheet and then molded into the shape of a door, or is it components that are fitted together the same way that you would construct a traditional wood door? Well, that's a good question, Leslie. What we do, and the reason this looks so real and not fake, like Tom said, nobody wants plastic. They, they don't want something cheap, especially in the higher end, when you, when you have really high-end quality products that are competing with stainless steel and, and some of the other high-end outdoor products. But what we do is we take a real teak door. We build it. We build a real teak door. We also do cypress doors. And then we, we distress it to bring out the grain. Then we use a silicone mold and we mold it. And then we inject high-density resin into that mold. And when it comes out of the mold, we paint it and glaze it. All the glaze goes into this raised grain, and it looks beautiful. You can't tell our masters that are real wood from the products that we mold from that mass. We're talking to Mike Moras. He is a designer that has been focusing on outdoor kitchens for many, many years. He's now working with the Trex company on their new line of outdoor kitchens. And Mike, I got a chance to see the Trex products at the International Builders Show uh, where I first met you. And I tell you, they're beautiful. And I asked you a question about performance because to me, seeing cabinet drawers that slide in and out and cabinets that open much in the same way that they do in a kitchen, I asked you, I said, how, how is it that water does not get into these things when you, know, you have a storm that blows through? And you uh, showed me some things that were very subtle about the design in terms of uh, how you put this together that stops that from happening. Well, first of all, the product itself is closed cell. The outside is high-density resin, and closed cell means no moisture can penetrate the product at all. The, the cabinet itself, the cabinet box, the interior of the box is PVC, solid PVC. So, again, that's a closed cell product. No moisture can penetrate that. Number one, the product is, is waterproof in itself. Then to keep the rain out, the doors and drawers fit very tight. To the cabinet box. Uh, we don't use bumpers. There's no gap there. Yeah, and that's very interesting because usually when you see a kitchen, there's a lot of space between the doors and the drawers uh, as they come together. But on your cabinetry, it was very, very tight. You know, it was like, I don't know, half inch or so apart. So I could see how that makes it very difficult for the rain to drive into that. And I remember you mentioning to me that you've uh, opened these kitchens up, uh, slide those drawers out uh, after a severe rain, and you still see uh, paper napkins in it like nothing ever happened. Exactly. And it's all based on the drawer and everything being so tight together and the proper overhang on the countertop. I have my resin outdoor kitchen. I took films of downpours, monsoons that it rained for a day. And, and like you said, I'd open that drawer and it was bone dry. Most of your outdoor kitchens are undercover, but a lot of them are in full exposure. And, I, and ours not only hold up in the rain, but they hold up in the sun. They are impervious to insects. It's just a great, great product. It basically lasts forever. We haven't even seen any fading in the product because we put a UV inhibitor on the final coat on the cabinets. So it's, it's virtually indestructible. And for cleaning, I mean, when I'm out you know, watering my plants, I just turn and hose off the cabinets. So I've never had to clean them. Yeah, wouldn't it be nice if you could uh, do that in your kitchen as well? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Inside your house. Just hose it off. 
Mike Morass, the designer for Trex Outdoor Kitchens. The collection has expanded for 2017. There's lots and lots of options, customizable to, to boot. You can get sink cabinets, grill bases, you name it, beautiful furniture. You can learn more at trexoutdoorstorage.com, or you can pick up the phone and call Trex at 844-880-6343. Mike Morass, the designer for Trex. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Thanks, Tom. You're listening to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Call us now with your questions at 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor. We'll be back with more of your calls after this. The Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor. Find trusted home improvement pros for any project at homeadvisor.com. You live in a Money Pit. Today's Money Pit is presented by Isonine Spray Foam Insulation, an effective one-step insulation product that insulates, air seals, and reduces drafts that can save as much as 40% on your heating and cooling bills. Learn more about Isonine Spray Foam Insulation today by visiting Isonine.com. You are listening to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. The website is MoneyPit.com. We will find tips and resources on many of the projects we talk about on this program. You also have an opportunity to post your question to the community section at moneypit.com. So please do take advantage of it. But give us a call right now at 888-MONEYPIT because if you do, you'll get the answer to your home improvement question and a fantastic outdoor living tool that we're giving away right now. Yeah, this really is perfect prize for the perfect time of year. We're giving away the Greenworks 60-volt mower. Now, we love it because it's got a push-button start, no cords to pull. I mean, for me, that's everything, because for some reason, I cannot operate a pull start on any appliance for any of my outdoor chores. Don't ask me why. I just can't do it. So no cords to pull and a push-button start really means everything for me. And also, the vertical storage capability, who doesn't need 70% more storage space in their garage because you're not having the mower take up so much space. Now, it's part of a full suite of Greenworks Pro 60-volt lithium-powered outdoor equipment, and that includes a walk-behind mower, string trimmer, hedge trimmer, chainsaw, even a handheld leaf blower. All of the tools include a battery and a charger, and all of the tools are available exclusively at Lowe's. Now, we've got one Greenworks 60-volt mower up for grabs, which is a $402 prize, so give us a call. 888-666-3974. Now we've got Philip on the line who needs some help installing a bathroom. What are you working on? Well, we have an unusual house. It's all concrete, poured concrete uh, back in the 80s. So all of the walls in the upper and lower are concrete. Now, we have one bathroom in this house. However, we want to install a small half bath in the bedroom right next to the bathroom that's in the basement now. So we have a concrete wall between the two. We have concrete floors. Uh, where the toilet and uh, and the uh, the bathtub is installed now between the bathtub and the other wall, all the plumbing is in there. That's not concrete. That is uh, uh, framed in. So that has we have access to that in the room next door. But the question is, is we want to install another bathroom, a half bath. So we want a toilet and a sink. The sink is no problem, as because what I just said about the uh, plumbing being roughed in there. But uh, boy, how do um, we really want to do this? So. We're 
it's going to take some, I assume, some uh, demolition work to get down in into that. So what room do you want the half bath to be in? Is it going to be on the same level as the existing bathrooms? That is correct. It's in the lower level. It's basically the same as, uh, you know, you could just say it's a basement. The only difference is, is that the wall... Connect between the bath that is there now and the bedroom right next door, which where we want the half bath, is a concrete wall. Okay, so you're worried about getting through the wall that separates these two bath spaces. So you have concrete below, and then you have a concrete dividing wall. What about the ceiling? Is that tr- typical wood construction? It is. So, okay, well, there's two ways to do this. Number one, yes, you could dig out the floor and uh, break that area out, try to find the uh, intersection with the waste pipe on the other side of that wall. Or you could use um, what's called a lift pump. So there are toilets out there that have pumps that are built into them that when you flush them and you can uh, spill the uh, water waste from the sink into this as well, it essentially activates a pump, it grinds the waste, it runs it up through a pipe, uh, and then it would go up into the ceiling and then cut across to the waistline and be dropped down from there. So th- that's be less destructive. The The mechanism is, uh, you know, a little more complicated, perhaps a little louder than a typical uh, toilet flush. But they work very, very reliably. And they're very often used in basement bathroom situations where the toilet position is below the main waistline. Well, no, the main waistline, since... Since the, the only bath is is in the lower level, right next to where I want the half bath to be. So the waistline is in the floor, and it runs out to the south through and right out, and it goes right down into the sewer line outside. So I don't. There's no. Uh, it's it's the same level. Uh, so I would really like to hook up to the existing line that is right next to the. Uh, half path that I want to put in. Yep. So I got two words for you, jackhammer. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if you can break up that floor and connect with that line, or like I said, you can go up over the wall and drop into the vent pipe, which will uh, no doubt be in that same space. And then of course, you know, eight feet below that connects with the waistline. So those are your options. I hope one of those works for you. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, if the floors in your home are super cold to bare feet, it might be a sign that the insulation needs an update. We're going to have tips to help after this. is presented by ADT, the security leader for over 140 years. Trust ADT to protect your home, family, and all you care about. At ADT, we know your security is only as strong as the people who are backing you up. For 24-7 monitoring and peace of mind, visit ADT.com. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at 888-MONEY-PIT. Presented by Home Advisor, where it's easy to find top-rated home improvement pros for any project. Go to homeadvisor.com. We'd also like you to go to moneypit.com if you've got a home improvement question, because you can post it in the community section, just like Rachel did. Uh, She's got some uh, chili tootsies, Leslie. What can we do to help her out? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, Rachel writes, I recently bought a home built in 1991. It's a fine home that sits on a hill. I discovered that there is no vapor barrier on the ground in the crawl space. I do not notice any resulting problems, but the first floor feels cold to my bare feet, even though there's insulation under the floor. Should I add a vapor barrier? And if so, why? You know, it's a good question, Rachel. And while a vapor barrier is good for many reasons, one of them is not to make the floor any warmer. I mean, technically it could, but really what a vapor barrier is, and it's a really simple thing, it's a sheet of plastic. It's a big sheet of plastic with as few seams as possible that you lay across typically the soil floor of the of the crawl space. And what it does is it cuts down on the evaporation of moisture coming up off of that floor and therefore getting into the insulation, which can make it less effective. But I sense if you're still having a very cold floor, you probably don't have enough insulation to begin with. Now, what you really should be having is as much insulation. If it's bat insulation, like fiberglass bats, for example, it should be as much insulation as those floor joists can handle. So if the floor beams are two by tens, it should be 10 inches of insulation. If it's two by eight, it should be eight inches and so on. Uh, The more insulation, the better. You can't overstuff it because if you compress the insulation, it definitely won't work. If you don't have the vapor barrier, I would definitely put one in, but I don't necessarily think it's going to warm up the floor. What will warm up the floor is if you increase the insulation to the maximum. And also, you know, most crawl spaces, if they're built right, are going to have foundation vents. Now, those are supposed to be open most of the year, but we're talking like nine months when I say most of the year. If you want to close those foundation vents, say between November or December and January and February, sometime around then, you know, you really don't need them open in those really cold winter months, and that will also warm up that floor. But the rest of the year, it needs to be open because that's how uh, drier air gets in and out of that crawl space and, again, helps it keep uh, very, very dry so it doesn't cause any decay or mold or mildew or any trouble like that. All right. I hope that gives you a hand. Next up, we've got one here from Sarah in Dallas who writes, is refinishing bath fixtures a viable option for my bathroom remodel? The fixtures are worn, but I don't quite have the budget to replace everything at once. You know, I think it's smart to look at the costs involved in replacement versus refinishing, Sarah. You know, tubs and showers are obviously expensive to replace. And then, of course, you can't just do that. You end up with the sort of the might as well factor. If you're going to pull out your shower, you might as well pull out the walls and, you know, update those and change the tile and everything else. So it does get pretty costly to do that. But I will say that refinishing the fixtures, while it's a less expensive solution, you're not going to have the durability that you would if, in fact, it was a complete replacement. It'll be nice, but we may be looking at a finish that can last five years, not 25 years. You know what I mean? Right. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Hey, thank you so much for spending this hour with us. We hope that uh, we have helped you along with the projects that you're taking on for your money pit. And you know, to us, it's a term of endearment, right? You love your house, but you do have to throw some money at it once in a while to, to get it in good shape and have it looking great. And it's our job to help you do that. We hope we're able to do that a little bit today. But if you've got more questions, remember, you can post them to the community section at moneypit.com or call us at 888-MONEYPIT. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.